Assalamu alaikum brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Big Muslim Family Podcast. I'm your host, Brother Mark Adam, and this is the podcast where we talk to Muslim brothers and sisters from around the world and get them to share with us their unique perspectives of growing up in their country. Also, we cover other inspirational Muslim stories such as reverts making their way back to Islam and migrants who left their home country seeking a better life. Thank you for joining us and don't forget to connect with us on our social channels. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to another episode of the Big Muslim Family Podcast. This is your host, Brother Mark Adam. I hope that wherever you are listening to this, you are healthy and safe, inshallah. In this episode, I speak with Sister Janine. Sister Janine is a business coach, health consultant, and author. She is an expert at inspiring women to be confident and empowers women to step into their greatness so that they can live their ideal life. She's a million stars coach and author in the book of Your Story with Muzad, along with many other inspiring individuals. In this episode, we find out how a failed job opportunity had her traveling to Egypt, and that's where she got to learn about the beauty of Islam and what made her take Shahada. So let's get into it and let's listen to Sister Janine's journey back to Islam. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Uh, welcome to this episode. Uh, we have a special guest all the way from Switzerland, Sister Janine. How are you doing? Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the show. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I'm good, alhamdulillah. How are you? Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. So uh, thank you for uh, spending your time on, on this weekend to be on here and to share your story about your journey back to Islam. But first of all, before we get into, into all of that, can you tell us where did you grow up? Well, I grew up in Switzerland. And uh, yeah, that's uh, where I, yeah, my whole life started here. Yeah. So, so did you grow up in a city or in a town? Because when, when I think about Switzerland, I think about the Alps and cows and uh, the chocolates and things like that. So uh, yeah, so how, describe, did you grow up in town or? No, I grew up in a small village, so not at all in town. So only when we had to buy like groceries and clothes, right. we, I used to go with my parents to the town. And actually, I, I lived in, a, not in the mountains, but really in the flatland of Switzerland. So we used to go like in the holidays and things like this we used to go to the mountains do some hiking or even mm. skiing there with my parents so this small town that you you grew up in how do you do you remember how many people were in there well we moved when i was around 10 years old so the first town was a little bit bigger maybe it had like 2000 people in it at that time and then we moved just to a smaller a village next to it which at this time had around 100 people or something wow. so pretty small yeah okay and so um 
sorry, do you mind asking what, what did your parents do there? My mother, she was uh, just a stay-at-home uh, mom. Okay. And my dad, oh, if I knew how to say it in English, is like working in a factory that was making parts for the automobile industry. Ah, okay. And he was like supervising like a whole area of, of that company. I see. Now in Switzerland, when you go to school, do you learn many languages or how does it, how many languages do you know? Well, I do know, uh, now I know English, French and Arabic. But back at my time, we used only to learn French, like starting from like the seventh year of school. And then English actually was a, a lesson I could take. I didn't have to take it. So I chose to take English in my last year of school. But now they totally switched up the school system. Okay. And my boys actually, they started English at second or third grade now. So that oh, has changed. Okay. It. So there's a, yeah. a bit of a shift. Okay. So now are you living in a bigger town? Did you move to the city or? No, I didn't move <laughs> to the city. <laughs> I actually uh, live back again in the same town town as a or village actually as i used to live oh um, wow yes, okay yes. so do you know all the same people and everything or? Yeah, yeah it's all mostly the same people but it also have has grown quite a bit i believe it's now maybe 300 to 500 people <laughs> here in the village <laughs> alhamdulillah. so alhamdulillah yeah yeah well because when i when i moved to australia I also grew up in a like a rural or country area and we only had a maybe it was like a, it was spread out I forget how many people it was but it was in the hundreds so yeah I, but there are nice things about growing up in in the country area so can I ask you sister when you were growing up were your family religious actually the Part of the family of my mother was more religious, I would say. She was growing up Catholic, and I had a lot of my influences coming from her side, and my father wasn't really religious at all. He was not Catholic, how you call the other, other ones. So, like the Protestants, I believe. Protestants, yeah. Pro yeah, pro yeah, yeah, Protestants. So, yeah, I grew up Catholic, but not very religious, yeah. Okay. So, uh, when you were growing up, what were the important things for you? Well, uh, what I used to love and I still like to do is, is to read. So, I used to okay. read when I was smaller. I re read all those comic books and so on. And I just, I love to play outside with, with my friends. And then later when i was getting into my teens i i started actually by myself becoming a little bit more religious and i found that i really want to explore more into this even though my family we just were like we were celebrating christmas and all those things but not really with much of religious background like some families right. they would go 
to the church on the, on those days, and we we just would go to church if there was a funeral or something like this. Oh, okay, yeah, I I get you, I get you. So, so at this time, did you you were mainly focusing on Catholicism at the time? You yes. First of all, I was, I was focusing on that. And I actually had a, a good friend of mine. She was living just a couple of houses away from myself. And I used to hang out most of my time with her. And she used to have her grandma was very religious. Mm. And my friend, she always used to have tapes, you know, still these old uh, cassette tapes. You put them in the cassette yeah, player. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and she used to always get some new tapes from her grandma with stories uh, from saints. So wow, okay. I, I, I hear that at her house and I was like fascinated by those stories and I felt inspired. Mm. And after a while we like started or I started going with my friend to the church, which was quite uh, a bit away so we actually took our bikes our bicycles on Sunday morning and we had to drive maybe it's like five kilometers from our house so we actually okay. would go do an effort and go yeah, to church yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was maybe for one or two years that it was really like this and I focused on the religion Alhamdulillah. Okay, that's interesting. So at any point in this time, did you know anything about Islam? Yeah, somehow, but I didn't really know about Islam. I just had, there were like three girls in, in like seventh or eighth grade. They were, I believe, from, from Eastern Europe. Mm. And I knew they were doing something different, they, <laughs> but I didn't know exactly what they were doing. I just know, knew they are different and something about Islam, but I had no idea and I didn't even have the courage to, to ask them about what is, is it so different about them. Oh, that's interesting. So, sorry, when you, when you go into school, was it as, as a lot of pe- uh, kids in your school or like how, how big is the school that you were going to at the time? At the time, the school I was going to, I would say maybe it was around... 500 children or something in there. Okay. Yeah, but... Okay. So, so then what, what was the, what would you say is the, your first uh, Muslim experience? Like, was it, you know, through, a, you, did you make friends or was it through reading or how did you kind of step into the, that world? Yeah, maybe before I answer that, I want to just add something yeah. um, to to the whole experience in school. We used to have like religious classes mm. in school. So the, the priest would come to a room and we were just a very small class where we would have uh, those those classes. So every maybe month, he would take us actually to the church and we would have to go say what we did wrong during that time and so after a while I started feeling it's really weird to tell another human being what I did wrong and most of the times I I would actually make up things because I forgot 
what was wrong and I just felt I have to say yeah. more. So I made right. up things and each time the priest would um, tell me, okay, you pray this prayer and that prayer. Right. It didn't matter what was the thing. And mm -hmm. I started feeling really weird about, okay. about that. So, and it was also at that time when I started feeling, okay, maybe it's not the real religion for me. So I just want to leave it there. And I made the decision that actually I believe that there is a God, but I wasn't sure anymore if it's really the Catholic church that I wanted to follow. Wow, so, okay. yeah. So to answer your next question yeah, you had. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so what was I, the next step after that? Because this is a, it's a turning point here. Yeah, it's a this. turning yeah, point. Yeah. yeah. So the next step for me was that I decided there is a God, but I'm not sure. And that I wanted to actually explore other religions and to see which is the right one. So I made the bold decision that I wouldn't be going to the Catholic Church anymore. And there was just an event coming up where you actually like declare that you belong to the church. I, I don't remember the exact term for that in English, but I decided I won't do that. And so I declared that in front of my family and we like canceled the whole thing. So, oh, is it yeah. communion or? No, it's not a communion. That was earlier. That okay. was when I was like seven years old or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. And how did your family take it at that time? Well, as they were not so religious, they, they were okay. They say, it's okay. Do what you are happy with. So, hmm. yeah, that was quite a relief. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, then. And then you were searching, you're looking for, there's a God, but where, where do I find him? Is that the question that was in your head? That was the question that was in my head. Just the thing was that when you are in your teens, you, I got so busy with everything else that I still had that question, but it was only till years later that I truly took the time to, to figure out so I got busy with my teens. Uh, I, I learned a job and many things happened in my life. And then only later on where I really started searching. Okay. So tell us about that. Where did you start? Did you keep with like Catholicism and Christianity or did you start looking uh, elsewhere? Yeah. So it started really where I, I was looking um, for it or actually um, reminded about looking again for the answer that I was looking for when I first traveled to Egypt. So I had a friend or actually the same friend, like I told you before, which I used to hang out with. Oh, her. really? Yeah. So <laughs> we, we were really friends for a long time. So we wanted to go in a vacation I believe it was somewhere else, but somehow we ended up in Egypt. So that was actually pretty the first, much the first time when I started to look more into Islam and see the people because I found the people in Egypt really, they were so friendly and like balanced. And I, I was like, wow, 
this seems to be really um, a nice way to live. And I was really surprised how they act. And then that's where I first really came in contact with Islam and that religion and where I found also more time to even look again into it because here in Switzerland everything is always so busy and you need to go to work you need to do this and that and then getting there I yeah I really found more time to reflect about everything in in my life okay alhamdulillah so so you this is your first kind of experience with uh, Islam being in Egypt and then you've were you managed to get some books at that time, or how did you start looking into Islam? Well, at that time, I didn't get any books at all. I, I went there basically for a vacation. I came back. But then it so happened that my friend, she decided she want to take a break from Switzerland, and she want to go live in, in Egypt for a while. And she actually asked me if I want to come and I couldn't because I was going just to start a new job and I felt this was going to be a great career for me. So she left and I stayed. But Alhamdulillah, you know, by the mercy of Allah, I couldn't start the job. Something went totally wrong. (laughs) And at that time, it was really like... I felt it so terrible. I just had taken a new apartment and, you know, and I was so looking forward to start this job. It was going to be very good pay. That was like a high position. And, you know, the lady who was going to start that company just basically like disappeared. So I made the decision, okay, this is not working. And at that time, also, it was about two or three months away from my sister's wedding. So I couldn't really leave. I had to stay. I had to. So I decided after a while, okay, I'm going to go to Egypt. I wait till my sister gets married so I can help her get organized, everything right. be there for the wedding. I, in this time, I got rid of my apartment, of all my furniture. I just was like, basically just bought for that apartment and somehow uh, I was working like two three small jobs at the time so I can earn some income but somehow everything just went well even it was a really a bad experience it's like Allah just made everything work even my car I just sold it like one or two days before I was leaving in the airplane for Egypt so wow okay Alhamdulillah, it's yeah, it was like Hi, getting me to Egypt. So yeah, yeah, Alhamdulillah. So okay, then let's find out. Like you've how long did you end up staying in Egypt? Well, I stayed there. I met my now husband there in Egypt, and I pretty much um, stayed there. Yeah, I believe it was in. 2002 or 2003 when I went there Uh and uh, we came back to live in Switzerland in 2012 after the Egyptian revolution. Oh, wow. Okay. So, all right. So let's go back when you started to go to, uh, you went over to Egypt to stay with your friend over there. How did you get to know Islam at that point? Well, at that point, I started 
so I needed to find some somehow how I earned some income. And my my friend, she was into um, diving. And okay. so I, you know, I started doing some some courses so I can learn that so I can be a dive guide there. And for sure, you start uh, meeting other Muslims or, yeah. or Muslims there and you see how they live. You start hearing the Aden mm-hmm. and everything. And I just um, started to become more curious about what it is that they are doing. I started to ask some question, questions about it. But mostly, I really started getting deeper into my research when I, after I met my, my now husband. And, you know, we, it started to get more serious. He wanted to get married. And I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> Because until then, I had like the the perception of Islam. Okay, these women, they are like, right. um, they have to stay at home. They yeah, are not yeah. allowed to do anything. It's like, I was, wait, okay. okay. So, and then that was at that time when I decided, okay, I'm going to get myself a translation of the Quran. And because I want to know from the source. I mean, right. people, I was like that mindset, okay, people can tell me anything. Yep. They can lie to me. But if it's written in a book, it's going to be coming from the source. Right. So I got myself a copy of the Quran and started reading it. And it was a life-changing experience. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, because... I, I had so many questions in my mind, even maybe I didn't know that I had those questions. But while um, reading the Quran, subhanAllah, like I had that question in my mind and maybe one, two pages later, the answer would come up for me. So, alhamdulillah. Subhanallah, alhamdulillah. Yes, that's amazing. That's amazing. So you're now a husband. You know, he said, let's get married. You started to read the Quran. So what, is, what was the, the thing that kind of made it for you after, like, did it take you long after reading the Quran or did you need something else to, to kind of make a decision to revert? It, it took me a while. I actually just checked this morning. It was in 2006 when I finally um, made it official. But it took me a while because if you grow up with a certain religion, you have this belief system about everything and it can take a while to really change that and grab everything. But what really made the change for me was at at one point in time. So I was like reflecting and I really wanted some answers from God and I was sitting uh, on a boat on a diving boat in front of the boat and I I just had time to myself and I I wanted to pray but I really I was confused still Mm -hmm. a little bit about who to pray to so the as a Catholic I used to pray to Jesus and to Mary and I was like sitting there like okay that is really I felt like it doesn't make any sense to me anymore right. to right. pray like this. So I was sitting there and I just made a prayer and said, okay, God, to who do I, do I pray to? Who do I ask for help, for counsel? 
And at that time, it, I feel like it came to my heart that Islam is really the, the true, true religion. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. That's, that's beautiful. That's, I've got goosebumps. I know you can't see them, but uh, I've uh, goosebumps. Uh, Alhamdulillah. Thank you for that. Hey there, Brother Mark Adam here. I hope you're enjoying the episode. This podcast is still very new and we're looking to grow and reach out to more brothers and sisters from around the world. It would mean so much to us if you could share this podcast with just one person in your life. If not, could you leave a positive review on whatever podcast site you are listening to this on? It would really help. Jazakallah khair. And now, back to the episode. So now it's in your heart, okay? Now you feel that you've, you, you know what's true. So, but how did your family and friends take this? Did you tell them or how did you tell them? For a very long time, I didn't tell them. Okay. Because my luck somehow was they were far away in Switzerland. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I somehow could do whatever I, I, I wanted. So for a long time, I didn't tell them. Right. And I knew they are still worried about me I'm now getting married to a, an Arab guy. And for sure, they knew that he's Muslim and everything. And I knew they are, they are worried about about those things so i didn't really tell them for a long time that that i'm thinking about islam and also when i converted it took me a while to to really break the news to them okay so you converted in 2006 was it 2006 yes so when did you say tell your your parents i guess do you remember i don't remember exactly but I believe it was sh- maybe like half a year or a year later where I traveled to Switzerland again. So uh-huh. a couple, I believe it was a couple of months earlier where I started to tell them that I converted and things like this. Yeah. Okay. So they, how did they take it? Were they, they were okay or how did, was there any resistance? There was no really resistance. My parents were always like, they they leave me do the things as long they see me happy with it but i believe in in their heart they were worried about it but they didn't really say it to me okay and and your friend that was there that you moved down there what what happened to her, to her did, uh, wish did you i suppose she'd be one of the first people you you told yeah, Alhamdulillah, she is also, she became a Muslim. Oh, so Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. From the same town, same yeah. small town in, in Switzerland. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. So Alhamdulillah. let's go. I just want, can you, you can share with uh, the listeners uh, what was, uh, when you decided to take your Shahada, what was the experience like and, and where was it? So... I actually took like two shahadas. So one was just like between me and Allah. 
yes. when I really decided um, to do it. And then later on, I went to Al Azhar Masjid and I did it there officially wow. and I got the okay. paper. So, okay. but it was really just, I felt like my heart opened and a big stone was lifted from my heart when i when i really did my shahada with allah so alhamdulillah that that was the best thing and before i made the decision i was always worrying oh what is my family gonna say what if one day i decide to wear the hijab and everything what are they going to say yes and once I did it, I felt like that, that weight was lifted off me and I knew somehow Allah is going to help me with everything. Mm. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, so were there any things that you have struggles with when you first com converted? Yeah, so when I first converted, I was at that time, uh, we, my husband and I, we were married and we were actually working on a a diving safari boat on the Red Sea. Oh. So <laughs> every week we would get new guests there coming from uh, Germany or from the UK. Okay. And uh, we would take them a whole week. We drive down south on the Red Sea and we stay for the whole week uh, on, on that uh, diving boat. So at that time I, I, I didn't wear any hijab or something like this. So, mm. but I started to dress more and more uh, conservatively. And yeah, sometimes I just was difficult to like deal with the guests somehow because at night they like to drink alcohol right, and things yeah. like this. So I started more and more separating um, myself um, from them when you know I go back in my room or I, I just go sit somewhere else. So that was difficult at times to do. Yeah. And then later on I decided, okay, I'm gonna try to look a little bit more Muslim. So after a while I, I wore like a bandana on my head. And then okay. actually the weird experience was that uh, my boss at that time, he was Egyptian and Muslim. Okay. When he saw me, he was like, you know, that look in his face, what, what happened to you? You know, okay. I talked to you are a foreigner and now you start looking Muslim. So that But your husband's really... on the same boat, right? You're... Yes. Oh, yes. okay. All right. Same boat. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. So what did the captain say then? He was your, your, your boss. No. So boss the say? captain wasn't my boss. So oh. it was like uh, the boss was actually in his office in oh, Borgada okay. and, you right. know, he just overlooked everything. So he has had like a whole fleet of boats. Oh. So the captain and the whole crew, they were so happy, you know, to know yeah. that I converted. They felt really inspired and they wanted to know the, the story, why and everything. So Alhamdulillah. 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 So, all right. So you've, you've, You've gone to that. Did you stay with that job until 2012 or did you change? No, I changed my job. After I took my Shahada in 2006, I stayed a while on the boat, but I really, I felt I can't be doing this for the rest of my life. And one thing that really hit me that I wanted to change my job was that one time we got like a Russian group of people and 
they knew us from before so i just oh. wanted you know and one of the guys just came and hugged me and i was oh. like hey <laughs> i was you know and then i said okay i really i need to somehow change what i'm doing and also we wanted to start a family so diving mm. and family doesn't really match together so i started looking and um, what else could i do to to make it happen i see is there what and so what ended up what kind of job did you do you end up finding well i was looking for some like normal jobs at first uh-huh. and at that time i started to wear the hijab alhamdulillah the head scarf and, and everything and it was actually uh, some one of the jobs even told me your hijab your what you wear is too strong so they didn't want me for that oh. job because of what even in egypt in cairo so that's interesting it can even be difficult there to find a job because of what you were so i decided i want to find something where i can work from home and i was looking into different things and i i ended up working from home okay alhamdulillah yeah. okay alhamdulillah. so can i ask you about what happened when you i mean you went back to your small town back back to switzerland did you you know you had your hijab on and your family's moved back what were the what were the kind of struggles did you have any struggles coming back yes sure yeah so many people because they know me as different dress differently they really have a problem to seeing me like this just from the outer looks i'm still the same person and i believe alhamdulillah i got much better thanks to to islam mm. but they really have a problem seeing me like like this and many times like when i go to a shop people expect me to speak like a broken german or something and then when they hear oh wow she is swiss oh um, okay i can get really weird looks <laughs> so what, what what term did you say a broken german broken german yeah what is that like, like broken german like when somebody like if you hear somebody speak english but you know he's a foreigner you, oh, you hear from okay, his english okay. that it's, it's i see i see okay oh that's it i've never heard that term before so okay so yeah so you you came back and and people were so very surprised that you you were speaking their, their language and but looking different Yes, and how, yes. How did you manage to uh break down some of those barriers? Well, some of those barriers I think just by being like friendly and open with the people and uh, smiling and then if I knew some of the knew of some of them better I would also tell them hey if you have any questions about my religion or what I wear just just ask me because I believe many people they are like mm. scared to ask they think oh I can't ask uh, these questions so yes. I believe that helps a lot Yeah I think that is generally the I know that being back uh, when I was in Australia I know that you know people who do live in the countryside areas or maybe I don't know but just from personal experience that 
they're generally good people and they just don't know and they're also I feel like they're being rude to to ask so what about now are you the only muslim family in your town uh, no, we are not the only Muslim family in our small town, alhamdulillah. And uh, yeah, we, but it's a little bit difficult here in Switzerland with like the whole communi- community thing because the masjid um, that we actually went to, well, it wasn't a masjid really. It was, or it doesn't look like a masjid. It was just a room inside of a building inside the industrial area. Yes. That that was closed down. So it's sometimes a little bit difficult to really like connect with other mm. Muslims here. And yeah, everybody is so busy and to do his thing. So that is sometimes a little bit difficult. I see. Yeah. I see. So there's not many masjids there in in uh, where you are, I guess. No, there are not many masjids. But the main problem also because we live in the countryside. So if you ah. go to the the city, there are more masjids, and but some of them are really just like we have also a lot of um, Turkish people here. So mm. you would, if you go to the masjid there, they would speak Turkish, so yeah, you yeah, wouldn't yeah. understand right. uh, <laughs> what they are saying. So. That can be a challenge sometimes. Okay, mashallah. So, all right. So, were you, in your experience, would you, what would you like to see, or do you think that be anything improved for people who are like reverting back to Islam? Yes, for sure. There can be many things improved because sometimes I feel like there is a lot of support and help while um, people are looking for the way and to find the truth. But after this, sometimes it can be that there's suddenly no more support. You don't know where to go to, where to ask the questions. So that would be really a good thing if there is more support after that for the people who converted. Yeah, yeah. I've, I, that's one thing that I hope that we have, that this podcast can, can help people who have taken, you know, the shahada at the masjid and, you know, after Friday prayers. And then sometimes they can fall away by the side. So I hope that we can maybe establish something like a movement where, you know, if these people... The reverts that come back, they are paired up or they have a support system in that area to at least help them. And I hope that your story also helps them as well. So let's look at what advice would you give Muslims listening to this who, if they know someone who's interested into converting to Islam? Well, I would tell them, don't be pushy. But if you see them and they're interested, just keep the conversation going. Like, you know, keep telling them maybe what what was really beautiful when I was still thinking about converting. And also after I converted, I, I had two friends, ladies in Egypt, and they're constantly keep telling me stories about the Hadith, about the Prophet Muhammad, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And it was just so beautiful, you know, they keep like 
dropping those things right. inside of me. And that was really beautiful. So if you just keep on sharing, maybe you find a video online from somebody who converted and you share that with them or just like keep sharing small pieces of, of things with them. And maybe if you can invite them to come to the masjid one time. And one a really beautiful thing for me was when I was, I decided I wanted to try to, how to pray. So my mother-in-law, I wasn't a Muslim at that time yet, but she just, uh, she stood next to me and I just did everything like she did. And I just like trial prayed. So that was really beautiful to see how things go and that can make the person who is thinking about converting really feel closer to Allah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. That's a very good advice there. And let's say uh, perhaps someone around the world who's uh, thinking about reverting back to Islam, what would you, what would your advice be for them? My advice would be listen to your heart. Don't listen to all the thoughts in your mind saying, oh, what if I do this? What will my family say? How difficult will this be? And that, but try just to, to listen to your heart and just pray to Allah, to God, and ask him to guide you, to bring you to the right way. And then after this, you won't have to worry about all what you thought before because he's going to help you through everything. Alhamdulillah, great advice. And uh, okay, let's uh, wind this up. Let's talk about how do you feel? I know we've talked about you, you feel like you're the same person, but how do you feel, think that being a Muslim has changed you personally? It has changed me in many ways, but especially in ways like being more patient, being more compassionate with people, just because the, the relationship with Allah makes me look at, at life in a different way. So it has brought out, alhamdulillah, much better out of me than if I would have stayed with no religion or Catholic, yeah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Okay, thank you so much. It's been a, a pleasure speaking with you, uh, sister. Thank you so much for sharing that. I hope that your story uh, inspires people around the world uh, listening to this. So inshallah, thank you so much again. Before I do that, what are you doing now? You're, I believe you're coming out with a, a product or, or something? Yes, I'm. so I'm back in Switzerland now mm -hmm. and I'm still working from home. So I actually do empower women now to step into their greatness and live their ideal life. And I actually will be coming out with a program soon. But if ladies just want to connect more with me or just want to have advice on that or how to work from home, so they just um, could connect with me. Maybe you can put my details below. Yeah, definitely. Podcast. We yeah. can put that in the, so they can connect with you or what on uh, Facebook or which outlets can they connect you with? with uh, you? They, 
They can connect with me on Facebook. I'm on YouTube and also on Telegram. Okay, alhamdulillah. Okay, so I'll, I'll put that in the uh, the show notes. So inshallah, if you want to connect up with uh, Sister uh, Janine here uh, from Switzerland, thank you so much. Again, thank you for being on the podcast and sharing your story. So assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, I really love listening to revert stories, don't you? I know my mother does. She's one of my biggest podcast supporters. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. So what did you think of the episode? Let us know on our Facebook or Instagram channels. You can go to facebook.com forward slash big Muslim family or on Instagram account. It's at big Muslim family. We would love to connect with you there. On the next episode, we'll be speaking with Brother Arslan, who will be sharing with us about living life as a Muslim in Norway. This year, during Ramadan, the typical fasting day lasted 19 hours. So you won't want to miss this one. I want to say a big massive thank you for all you brothers and sisters out there listening to this. And once again, if you could support us and share this podcast with at least one person in your life, that would be amazing. Once again, I'm your host, Brother Mark Adam. Inshallah, I will see you in the next episode. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.